My name is Kevin Altavot, and I'm a brand new worship associate at UUCCI, and I'm honored to share this time with you this morning. This morning, we will hear thoughts around wonder. It's such a joyful, playful topic to explore, and I can't help but imagine myself in the small shoes of my two-year-old son, like when he watched a bright red hot air balloon rise above Donner Park this summer, or while he blasted through puddles on his bike after spring rain or when he found a piece of watermelon under the table earlier this week. <laughs> Wonderful. Perhaps in this mindset of playful, childlike wonder, it's strange to introduce physics into the theme. However, if you're like me and have grown up into larger grown-up shoes, it's hard to keep your eyes so wonderful, so open and wonder. Instead, I find myself distracted by the what-ifs of that hot air balloon. How do they steer that thing? What if they hit a tree? And what if the gas runs out or if a mouse has eaten a hole in the fabric? And where did that watermelon come from anyway? I think us grown-up types have been too often betrayed by physics. What has gone up came back down. What started in motion stayed in motion. We've fallen and have been poked. We've run short on time or run short on money. We have been embarrassed or have feared judgment. We have learned we have a lot to watch out for in this world. It simply becomes quite hard to watch and listen with innocence and curiosity when the voice of fear becomes heavy on our ever-calculating minds. So I welcome you to loosen your grip up a little bit this morning, if only for the next 30 minutes or so. Give yourself permission to dismiss the physics involved and enjoy the moment. Let go of your preconceived understanding of this world and our origins. Let go of your spiritual or religious identity. Let go of the weight of labels. Know that your truth lies waiting for you patiently. Come, let us listen. If you stand at the edge of this blessing and call down into it, you will hear your words return to you. If you lean in and listen close, you will hear this blessing give the story of your life back to you. Quiet your voice, quiet your judgment, quiet the way you always tell your story to yourself. Quiet all these and you will hear the whole of it and the hollows of it, the spaces in the telling, the gaps where you hesitate to go. Sit at the rim of this blessing. Press your ear to its lip, its sides, its curves that were carved out long ago by those whose thirst drove them deep those who dug into the layers with only their hands and hope. Rest yourself beside this blessing and you will begin to hear the sound of water entering the gaps. Still yourself and you will feel it rising within you, filling every emptiness, springing forth anew. Let go of the idea that you know what breathing should feel like. Just let 
Notice the breath as it moves in and out of the body. Let go of certainty. Be with the breath as it is. Allow openness. Allow curiosity. Notice the mind, each thought that arises. Allow openness. Don't judge the mind or your experience. Be loving in your curiosity about each thought. Let go of certainty. Let go of any idea about what you should be thinking, accepting your thoughts exactly as they are. Be with yourself as you are. Be curious about who you are. Love how you are in the world. Gently take a deep breath, maybe even a big sigh. Re-enter the present moment and the stream of your life. Practically every single night for the past eight years, when Hattie and I would begin winding down to fall asleep, we would listen to our favorite podcast. Are any of you podcast listeners? Well, our bedtime ritual that has become Pavlovian in nature, it just works like a charm, has been listening to a particular podcast called Stuff You Should Know. Now, Stuff You Should Know is one of those old-school podcasts that has been around for over a decade. And if you don't know, that is really long in podcast years. It's like Grey's Anatomy or Law and Order SVU long. Since 2008, it has created over 1,400 episodes, and I'm fairly confident we have listened to them all. What are the episodes? about, you ask? Well, as the title suggests, the episodes are about stuff you should know. And they cover everything you could imagine and more. Often with the title something like, How Fill in the Blank Works. So there are episodes like, How Giraffes Work, or How Motion Sickness Works. And one of my favorites, which is called Cake, so great. So, so great. Anyways, as I was planning this service, I was thinking about this podcast and this very regular practice of listening to it every night before bed. And I was wondering, what makes it so interesting? And why has it had such lasting power for, such, uh, for so many millions of people now a dozen years after it launched? Stuff You Should Know has consistently been in the top 10 of podcast downloads worldwide. And then I realized, besides the very funny humor of their hosts, I also like this podcast because each podcast is really birthed from wonder. Stuff You Should Know is about wonder. Its parent company, How Stuff Works, is about wonder. And it thrives on our very human tendency to wonder throughout our lives. Now today I want to talk about how wonder works. And I'm really glad I don't see Chuck or Josh, the host of Stuff You Should Know, here this morning. So that's a relief, a little less pressure. 
Although, now that I say that, I could see Kevin and I sort of getting into a fun little banter of back and forth. It could be, could be pretty good, but let's leave that for another day. But today, today I do want to talk about wonder and how it works, or at least I think it works, because I think it is really helpful to take words, ideas, values, and our actions, not for granted, not for granted, but to take them and break them down a bit, to peel back their layers and see what's inside. Because I believe when we get to the center, or even as we journey toward the center of our words, ideas, values, and actions, we are afforded many opportunities for growing our awareness, for clarifying our sense of purpose, and for discovering a greater wholeness and connection in life. So wonder. I think what needs to be said right away is that the whole concept of considering how stuff works is in and of itself an act of wonder. It is a wondrous act to consider how stuff works. And so for us to be considering this morning how wonder works is engaging in an act of wonder about wonder. It's double wonder, wonder to the second power. And for us math majors here, exponentials can take us to truly another level in short order. So wonder as a concept is self-aware. You might say it's self-conscious. Or less selfishly, you could say wonder is conscious. Wonder is awake. It is noticing. It is using its senses. Wonder likes to be curious, like the cat, and wonder encourages questions and journeys. Interestingly, I have noticed that wonder, even in its self-consciousness, is not easily embarrassed. It just is. Now, how many of you would consider yourself personally to value the idea of wonder or the act of wondering? I expect that for most of us as Unitarian Universalists, we have become UU or have remained so in part because we have openly welcomed wonder into our lives and into this community. We have held the door open for wonder. And it is even present in one of the UUA's founding sources of truth and meaning, our larger association. This source of wisdom states that our living tradition, Unitarian Universalism, derives meaning from, quote, the direct experience of the transcending mystery and wonder affirmed in all cultures, which moves us to a renewal of the spirit and an openness to the forces which create and uphold life. Whoa. Let me say that one more time. One of our sources that offers our wider religious tradition meaning is our value of the direct experience of that transcending mystery and wonder, which is affirmed in all cultures, 
which moves us to a renewal of the spirit and an openness to the forces which create and uphold life. There's a lot in that source. So let me point out a few things. The first is that wonder, while it can be done in community, is something that each of you, that all people, can do without any external permission or support. We affirm the direct experience of the transcending mystery and wonder. Direct experience. If you grew up in the Catholic Church or in the 1500s, you may know that this has been a source of major controversy in Western religion for a long, long time. The value and promotion of direct experience of the divine or mystery or beauty or wonder or whatever you call it, rather than a mediated experience, that is mediated perhaps by some outside authority such as a minister, is to affirm that you got the power. You got the power and you and you and you, we all got the power to experience directly a sense of awe and love and anything that might feel transcendent. You don't need me, but let's be clear and let me clarify, I'm really glad we have each other. So some of us derive truth and meaning from direct experience of this world and from being curious about this world, about how it works and allowing our wonder to wander in this life. And by doing so, by valuing a direct experience of wonder, we are more likely to practice it, or we are more likely to get better at it and to offer it as a gift to others. When we practice wonder, we are able to find renewal, renewal which we will be discussing as our theme for September, we can find renewal and get ever closer to the center of things, the center of life, to those forces that create and uphold life itself. It is odd in that sense, if you think about it, that to be on this journey together, we are invited to wonder. And as we wonder, we are invited to journey and on and on and on toward the center. I titled this sermon, The Physics and Spirit of Wonder. And part of the reason is that I always like balance and conjunctions in my sermon titles, but that's another thing. But a more important reason is because I'm curious. I wonder whether wonder functions differently in regards to its physics and its spirit. Or put another way, I wonder if wonder has two parts of its personality, its existence, its physical existence, physics, and its spiritual existence, spirit. And what brought up this duality was thinking back to that old idea about the difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. Have you heard that distinction before? That the letter of the law says one thing, but the spirit 
of the law maybe implies another. This is true whether you are inter interpreting sacred texts or the U.S. Constitution or, for that matter, assembly guides from Ikea. Trust me. The physics and spirit of wonder invite us to lean in just a little more to think deeply about what it is we are experiencing. And so practically or physically, we might know or come to learn how something works. We can learn how giraffes work or motion sickness works or 1400 other things. But I have to believe that perhaps through wonder, there is something else working, something happening at the same time, just beneath the surface. This morning, Kevin began with a beautiful reflection about his son and the joy he experiences observing his childlike wonder. Perhaps the spirit of wonder is most alive in children. And maybe it is true that generally it is something we risk losing as we get older. But think about this for a second. A child who sees a large hot air balloon, imagine it, a child who sees a large hot air balloon land in the middle of Donner Park. That is a wonderful experience. I can only imagine how wide Holly's eyes would have gotten if she had seen it. So as a child watches the hot air balloon rise up, the wondrous nature of this experience can be viewed in two different ways. The physics of wonder in this case is embodied in the stuff you should know style of breaking down how a hot air balloon works and learning what happens when air and heat mix. That is a wonderful learning, a very worthy podcast to drift off to sleep. That is the physics of wonder, how stuff works. The spirit of wonder is a little different. Kevin and his son might look at that balloon and experience two different things. Kevin might see the physical process unfold and Kevin's son might have no clue or not even have the ability to understand how it actually works if Kevin tried to explain it to him. So what makes it wondrous for Lewis? It is a wonderful sight just to see a huge balloon lift up and up and up high in the sky, up and up and standing there at not yet three feet tall, mouth agape, eyes wide. That posture, that scene, that is wonder embodied. Without any knowledge, perhaps, of the physics of wonder and hot air balloons, Kevin's son was able to directly experience that transcendent wonder that exists across cultures throughout history. The spirit of wonder was alive and well in Lewis in that moment and in Holly and in so many young people today. And perhaps you touch that wonder at times in your life as well. Unfortunately, as Kevin mentioned, it can be easy to lose the spirit of childlike 
wonder. Thankfully, though, Kevin found it once more, not by looking at the hot air balloon and forcing himself to see beyond the physics, but by looking at his son, looking at Lewis, and directly experiencing his wonder in that moment. Sometimes, wonder can be found in its most potent, precious forms when we observe and connect with others who are experiencing or who have enge- uh, who are who are who have experienced something truly profound even if it is just in the eye of the beholder today in this world we are living in right now this pandemic and our current political climate is threatening us to forgo childlike wonder and the spirit of wonder, perhaps for good. Instead, this shocking world order is demanding that we get real. We need to get real, wake up, grow up, and if we are to be curious at all, may it be just to learn the physics of something, acquire the knowledge, and use it for personal interests, those practical physical truths about how stuff works and how that can be exploited for personal benefit. However, I believe that it will be both the physics of wonder and the spirit of wonder that will get us out of this mess we are in. We need to not only know how hot air balloons work, or how voting works, or democracy works, or being a member of UUCCI works, or what have you, physically, literally, practically. We also need to seek out that direct experience of the overwhelming feeling of being lifted off this earth or of making your voice heard, or of being a part of a larger story, or of working to shape a future that is grounded in hope and courage. We need both. My friends, we practice wonder each and every week during the Wonder Box time, but also in the countless invitations we accept or reject to be awed by this life we each have. I hope that in this year to come, regardless of where our journeys may lead, we can harness that spirit of wonder, renew our minds and hearts, and evermore commit to life and to love and to one another. My colleague, the Reverend Beckett Coppola, invites us into wonder. She writes, Let go of the idea that you know what breathing should feel like. Just notice the breath as it moves in and out of the body. Let go of certainty. Be with the breath as it is. Allow openness. Allow curiosity. She invites us to let go, and in doing so, we are able to experience not just adult-like wonder, but to return to that childlike wonder deep inside us as well. Perhaps the hybrid of these two wonders is the ultimate sweet spot. 
she concludes by encouraging us to be with yourself as you are. Be curious about who you are. Love how you are in this world. Gently take a deep breath, maybe even a sigh. Re-enter the present moment and the stream of your life. This journey that we are on is indeed wondrous, physically and spiritually, literally and metaphorically. This journey of life is wondrous, and so is each and every one of you. We are a people of wonder, and I am so glad, so glad that we choose to share this wonder with one another. May it be so, and amen. <laughs>